Hey guys, this is Brett Young, Taylor Young, and Rod Erb, and you're tuned in to the Be Extraordinary Podcast with Urban Young. Real conversations about business, leadership, and personal development. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Be Extraordinary Podcast. Hope you guys had an amazing week. You're having an amazing week, and you are being an amazing week. We have a special guest on uh, the show today, uh, my dear friend, uh, mentor, and coach uh, for all three of us, Our, Mr. Yeah. Michael Gonzalez. And of course, I have uh, the band with me, which is uh, Mr. Rod Erb and Taylor Young. So, Michael, welcome to the show. This has been a long time coming, man. I am so excited uh, to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. What it, an honor. The honor is mine, man, to be here with you, amazing gentlemen for having me absolutely it, before we turn the camera on it which is just such a great uh symbolism for our relationship you know we're all hyped up on coffee and hanging and rod comes in the room he's putting out some sort of fire and you know mm -hmm. mike goes you know i'd like to do some breath work before we start here today and of course all three of us are like Fuck yeah we want to do some breath work let's brought go it, brought it down a couple hundred decimals <laughs> absolutely so uh, man, thank you for uh, thank you for taking the time today. I'm super pumped for you to be here. Yeah, and you know, regarding the breath work, we get to create. We get to create some magic. We get to connect, and you know, the best way to do that is to be in a state of creation. When we're upregulated, we're in a state of stress. We're in a state of survival. Right. Getting deep into the breath allows us to make that transition. So now we can riff and have a good time. <laughs> I Let's love riff. it. No, I've got to create, I need to, I get to create more space in the day to do more breath work. Um, it's almost like uh, getting up regulated, as you called it. I'm addicted to it. You know, like mm -hmm. during the day, if I'm not up regulated, I feel like I'm not giving 100% of me, right? And as soon as I do this breath work, it automatically brings me down to go, mm, God, all this stuff that I'm thinking is a big deal. It's really not that big of a deal, right? You know, so, and then that has been a huge part of your coaching with us. And, uh, you know, we'll get into that today. So, uh, but man, we just saw each other this morning, did a hell of a workout uh, with some of the team, um, which was, which is always awesome. We get to spend those mornings together and absolutely uh, put acute stress on the body and then, you know, downregulate at the end and come back to center. And it's one of my favorite moments of the week, uh, especially to share it with you gentlemen, which is incredible. Um, and it's been an amazing journey just for us personally uh, to have met you. I know uh, I'll get into kind of your story uh, soon, but uh, Mike is a, an incredible student of personal development. He coaches uh, a significant amount of people, not only here, but across the country. Uh, he's helped, man, at this point, hundreds of people at this point build out a specific uh, training, uh, you know, online training systems for themselves and for their teams to share their gifts with the world. Um, and it just created an, inc an incredible traction here, which is a very unique dynamic niche that kind of caters towards, you know, your talents. Um, but you know, our, our journey started, man, a little over a year ago. 15 months ago. Is it 15 I was, months? I was kind of figuring out 15 months yeah. ago. Wow. That's amazing. That's cool. Um, you know, we, we, I, I, I got your information from uh, a buddy, uh, Will Butler, who is a mutual friend, and I was doing a piece of content at the time uh, that just interviewed uh, a bunch of uh, you know, physical fitness uh, experts in their field in regards to, you know, what does physical fitness have to do with personal development and vice versa? And it was great. I had some great people that I interviewed, and it was, you know, obviously great content, and I learned a lot, but it was always something very different about you. Um, and I was always drawn to that. It was a magnetic approach to just the way that you view fitness. Mm -hmm. And it was so different. And, you know, a lot of the things that you had touched on, you know, the three of us really uh, identify with, uh, no pun intended, with identity work and just, you know, uh, working from within to without. Um, and it was just always such a complete parallel shift of how other fitness coaches uh, view um, you know, their craft. And I was always drawn to that. And we stayed in touch. And, and then I remember you putting out a course uh, with, you know, fitness and NLP connected together. And I was just like, I was like, oh my God, I have to do this. Right. We, and then, the, you know, these two were like, well, I'm in too. And, 
you know, it, it, it never, you know, we now we've got multiple uh, key team members uh, that are, in, you know, immersed into this training and, and really finding incredible value with just the gifts that you've been able to give us and share with us and walk alongside us. And it's been an incredible experience um, for me personally. Um, but I know that, you know, a lot of the guys have shared the exact same thing. It's been an incredible experience for them. So, I, you know, before we start, I just want to say thank you um, for who you are and the gifts that you share. And if anybody's listening to this podcast in regards to that's in the personal development space or that's looking to get better, um, you're in for a treat today. Um, because as far as I'm concerned, there's nobody better than to get to sit down and have these conversations with, man. It's always a pleasure. So, but man, 15 months, that's Absolutely. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I echo everything you say, man. That was very, very well said. And you're a special dude and you know what you mean to the three of us. And I think it's important that we're going to be able to give you a platform to, you know, provide a platform for you to explain what you do a little bit deeper for the, the listener out there. I think it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And, and, and I'd love to get a little bit into your story today in regards to how we got here. Um, mm. You know, with our stories, is a small sliver of that and I'm super grateful, but you know, just your story of how, you know, <clears throat> how you got into this space and where you came from. But for those that are um, listening home, I wanted to give a quick, real quick bio for, for Mike. And uh, so Mike's the founder and the CEO of Freedom Builders uh, and Thrive Fitness, uh, Thrive Source Fitness. He shows entrepreneurs that they can, can, how they can courageously deliver their genius through products and services that impact people around the globe by creating and building out world-class training systems that promote a level of personal and professional development for their team that ultimately leads, leads to building a successful business and living a life of freedom. And that last part is just what hits me so hard because a lot of the stuff that we do together and that you teach, it truly is personal development. You know, I've done a lot of professional development. Uh, most of my past life is in professional development. Um, but I love personal development and you genuinely teach uh, a lot of the stuff uh, that has nothing to do with your trade. It has nothing to do with what you do for a living. It has to do with who you are. Um, and I, maybe I just speak on that real briefly in regards to kind of how you approached fitness, how you got in this space, and kind of your journey a little bit. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And again, it's an honor to be here with the three of you, and it's been such a dope journey in the last 15 months. So I want to shine some light on that. You know, you used a word to ask the question. The word you used was story, and that's such an accurate word to use to describe the journey, right? And it's often overlooked, we just use these words, and we forget what the meaning behind the word is. It's exactly what we're living. We're living a story, right? And I guess my question for you is, which story do you want to learn about? Which story do you want me to share? I've lived so many of them and played so many different characters throughout this journey. And for a long time, what I noticed is the story that I was living out was a story that was disempowering, and it wasn't leading me towards my best and highest. And if I had to give that story a title, the best title I could give it is The Quest for Acceptance. Mm. Goosebumps. Because for a long time, I didn't feel accepted, which is rooted in not feeling safe, right? So I had to overcalibrate and do everything that I could to find acceptance, which meant I was living other people's stories, stories that other people wrote for me, stories that society writes for us and all those different things. All the, all the while feeling this ping inside of me that was telling me that was screaming, Hey man, what are you doing? Hmm. Like this isn't your best and highest. This isn't the direction that your intuition, your heart wants you to go, but we shut that off. We shut that off. And we go into this top up approach, this mind approach of what, we should be doing this egoic kind of inner critic approach, right? And a lot of this acceptance story is attached to shame and guilt and all these different things and not feeling safe. And it wasn't until I realized that I had the damn pen in my hand the whole time. And I was the author that I started living a story that was leading me towards where I wanted to go. Right. And the awareness behind energy, Everything is made of energy. I can't stress that enough. And as soon as you connect to the energy of everything, you start to easily find the path that you want to go, right? And my story that I was living placed me in a job, career situation that wasn't giving me energy. And I had no idea that it wasn't giving me energy until I gained the awareness of energy. 
do you find yourself just, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm projecting here, I'm asking, do you find yourself the reason you weren't aware of that was because it was just always go, 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 go. It's just, you're just on to the next thing, on to the next thing, you're busy, not, you know, I think a lot of us can maybe relate to that. I can, it's just like, it's always the next thing, next thing. And then once you get still, all of a sudden they can actually listen and actually take notice of what's happening. Is that, was that your experience? Consciously, yes. I'd say subconsciously I was repressing it. I was shoving it down because it didn't feel good to not be in alignment with my path. So I would intentionally shove it down deep within me so that I didn't have to accept the fact that this was off somehow, right? Because when you're not in alignment, you'll feel it. But we can repress it because we're not in our bodies. We're not in our feeling center. Our feeling center is guided by the heart. Our mental center is guided by our mentality, what we're learning, the story that we think we should be living through, right? Not that we're feeling through, right? So when those are incongruent, there's this tug of war that happens inside of you. There's this identity crisis that happens inside of you. Like, oh my God, society says I should do this, but my feeling center is saying that this is not what I should be doing and now I don't know what to do and right. it gets messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we talk about that a lot with just uh, get out of your head. Right? Mm-hmm. Get in your body. Get into your body. Get into your body. Mm-hmm. You know? And that, is that, was that what you mean by your feeling center? Yeah. So when you align to your feeling center and you let your heart lead the way, then you start to realize what is in alignment for you and what is not. And it's super easy. If it sucks energy from you and it feels like it drains you, it's probably not in alignment. And if it gives you energy, if it lights you up, if you could do it all day long and still be energized, you're probably in alignment with something that you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And energy is very easy to discern right if it's heavy it's probably something that's dragging you down and you'll feel constricted if it's light and expansive it's probably something that's good for you and is in alignment with your best and highest so when you use that as your gauge then you can easily navigate through this human experience and you know being and do things that are in alignment with the direction that that you want to go and all that to be said right i ended up realizing that the corporate job I was working wasn't in alignment. It was taking energy. It felt heavy every time I walked in there. And it was a great job. There was nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't for me. Right. So I put my notice in, gave them six-month notice. I put it in, and I said, hey, I'm going to jump into this journey and see where it leads me, follow my heart. And that's what I've been doing for four years now. That's awesome. It's amazing, man. It is great to hear. Yeah, I was, you know, I remembered the the moment that they you know, Brett was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do this, um, coaching. Um, and it was, what was unique about it was the, the NLP mixed with fitness. And how did you stumble upon, you know, you're kind of like unique. I don't want to say unique position in the marketplace of everything you just shared, how it's coming, you know, it's come from your soul and your experience and your story. But, but how did you stumble on the, the, the fact of, cause it's my understanding that you'd been in the fitness game for a while um, and then how did you combine the NLP and decide that that would be cool to package together and maybe explain for the listener just the cliff notes of, of what is NLP um, and kind of how all that mingles together? Yeah, so NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it's basically how does the mind and language, how can those two come together to create the life that we want to live, right? So it's a practice of modeling. It's been modeled you know, after a lot of really famous people that did some really cool and dope things, and they basically sat down and watched them, like, step by step for years. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, you're doing something really great. Because a lot of times when these geniuses are out there, they're working through um, unconscious competence, which means they're just flowing. They don't know what they And they doing. don't even, it's like asking Michael Jordan, hey, how'd you, how'd you do that? How'd you hit that game-winning shot? And he's like, I don't know, I just shot it. I mean, what do you mean? Right. uh, Same thing for golf. Same thing for business, public speaking. They're like, man, I was just in the zone. I was flowing. I I didn't even know time existed. I don't even remember doing it. Right. Like that happens sometimes. That's unconscious competence. So a lot of times with these geniuses, you need someone like just sitting there to like take note of, hey, what are they doing? How can we break this down into a pattern that other people can follow so they can also do these really dope things? And that's what NLP is. That's the best description I've ever heard anybody say about that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that is that is right. They don't know the technique. No, there is no technique. And then somebody says, "Okay, let me model this and put technique to it. Mm -hmm. So other people can do it. Right. Right. So that this genius can continue on. So it's like an apprenticeship type deal. 
Um, but the two most famous people that it's modeled after is Virginia Satir, who was a famous psychologist um, in the relationship space, and then Milton Erickson, who was another famous psychologist um, and hypnotherapist as well. And uh, those are the two that it's mainly modeled after. So when you hear things like rapport, matching, um, mirroring, sensory acuity, eye pattern, like all these different things, uh, typically most of the meta model, typically most of them come from those two. The meta models. One of the my favorite things we've learned is unbelievable. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so it's a way to restructure. Just to give a, a quick description of it, it's a way to restructure your language patterns so you can come to a place of accuracy. Because a lot of people they're just using language willy nilly, and no one can understand what anyone else is saying because there's all these projections and all these mind reads going on. And now there's no accuracy behind the process of communicating. Um, and what the metal, meta model does is allows you to gain that accuracy, right? Could be beneficial in a work setting, right? Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, so NLP came into my awareness about two years into physical training, right? Like I was in big box gyms for a while. I was doing one-on-ones for a while, and the biggest thing that I noticed in these big box gyms is these trainers would be out there and they would be beating the shit out of their clients, mm-hmm. upregulating the shit out of their clients. And then after the workout was over, they're just like, all right, see ya. <laughs> Deuces. On to the next one. And these clients would either be forced to try and figure out how to downregulate on their own, right, the cool down, or um, they would basically just leave the gym in this upregulated state. Mm. And then they would get in their car and they would get in traffic and they would get pissed off and then they would go home and they would yell at their family and they were like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Why is this happening? Well, you're still in a state of survival. (laughs) You're still in a state of like this upregulated stress. So I'm like, hmm, got curious, which is the story of my life. Like, got curious. I wonder what it would look like if after the workout, we downregulated these people. Like, I wonder what that would look like. Mm. So I started doing that with my clients. And I would literally sit them down in these big box gyms, these corporate gyms in the middle of the gym and have them meditate, Hmm. have them breathe, have them bring their nervous system from sympathetic into parasympathetic, right? From upregulated into downregulated. You know what started happening? Their bodies started changing faster. Hmm. Their bodies started releasing the weight faster because what is weight? It makes you heavier. It makes you heavier. Negative energy, heavy. So what does the body have to do? Has to get bigger. Has to get bigger so it can support the heavy energy that you are carrying around. Mm. And when you release that energy, so does the body. Wow. Wow. Because yeah, it's crazy you say that because I, I came in here hot. Right. Like you said, I was putting out a fire. It was, it was just, a, it was what we do. And I, and I agree with you, right. It's, 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 a, it's addicting. Like I got on the phone halfway here and working through some things with, for, for a client, um, got them worked out as I'm parking downstairs and walking upstairs, still on the phone. And I mean, I, I was hot, right. Pacing. Pa- yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I'd be curious how many miles I walk when I'm on the phone, but Come in here hot, right? Like we typically do. And, and, and again, you, you said addicting. I think it's addicting, right? And then when you said, I want to do some breathing, I actually thought you would want to do, you were going to do some breathing as we were recording. I thought, well, that's, this will be interesting. He's like, no, no, no. I'll do it right now. I'm in such a different place as I'm sitting here listening. I'm calm. You know, I know you're going to say you're in a state of creation, and I get it, right? But it's like I, I've, I've never felt it so pronounced as it is right now. So Cool. Mm-hmm. pretty cool yeah that's that is cool i remember the first time you know so brett decided like hey man i'm doing this i think it was cool too for your perspective because you know we had you know been peers of each other we run alongside of each other you know somebody plays the mentor mentee at different you know skills or you know places in their life throughout these years that we've been on this journey for i guess 15 years 11 years <laughs> whoever's telling the story um <laughs> <laughs> but there, uh, there's, a, there's a story under that 15 story. years man. right 15 what's years. so hard about that and um <laughs> and so brett just was like you know what i want to go i want to go to the next level you know and i think it might even have been before you guys had met but you just kind of d- declared like look man 
It was we got, before we met. Well, yeah, it, was. No, it, it wasn't before we had met. You talk about subconscious. We had met, but then we had just stayed in touch. But it wasn't like we were talking every week. We had just literally followed each other on social, and then that was it. So we were connected, but... RAS? And then... And then that, you're right, because it was kind of like this, I don't know what it looks like, yeah. but I'm looking for something. Yeah, yeah, and I remember that, and I was like, oh, that's cool, but part of me is like, yeah, I don't know, man, like, we'll see, and and then, uh, you know, Mike found you, or you found Mike, or mutually beneficial connection, and, and then there's conversations started about the NLP mixing with fitness, and wouldn't that be cool, okay, this is what he does, and and then Rod's like, you know, just like Rod will be. He was like, no, I'm in. We're doing it. I'm in. Mm, and um, totally, love totally love him for it. And, and, of course, I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm thinking to myself, well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I want to spend the money. And, you know, I've never had a coach. What does that mean? Do I want to be coached? Because that would mean that I would probably have to, like, be vulnerable and, you know, be held accountable and stuff like that. And um, And then I remember coming into a workout, and it was like, felt like it was the hardest workout of my life because they had been doing the program for that's right. I remember that yeah, week we, we were, th- I don't we were know. three months in yeah, yeah you I guys was, had a good strong base and it was a leg I think it was a leg day man I was coming <laughs> off the I was, perfect good yeah I was coming <laughs> that's, out that's a Jockoism good off the good. bench and I'm like oh my god like I'm almost dying and I'm like this is like the hardest workout I've had since like basketball, basketball. I was gonna say and just completely wasn't ready for it probably couldn't use the restroom for for Four or five days after, and uh, and then we did this down regulation because you couldn't sit down. Because I couldn't sit down. Just want to clarify. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. Yeah, so I'm making sure. Yeah, one workout, guys. Constipated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then we did this this meditation at the end of it, and the down reg- regulation you're talking about. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is magical. You, you crave it. I crave it now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'm like, wait, we're not going to downregulate, you know, cause I'll go to workouts on my own and, and I'll, I'll be doing it in the car on the way home or something like that. Cause I just get used to that feeling of peace after you've put your body in stress. So uh, anyway, it's just kind of that, that journey evolved. And then it was shortly after that, that I was like all in and, you know, maybe, maybe talk a little bit of that. I mean, for somebody like me or somebody listening, like the idea of having a coach for so many years, I was just like, what does that mean? Um, you know, does the coach have to have it all figured out? You know, you do such a great job of being the guide to my journey. Um, how did you blend that when you first started personally coaching people in fitness or in NLP or whatever it may be? How did, how do you hold that? And how does that, that come through as, as far as your delivery? And I'm on the journey with you guys. I mean, it's really that simple. I just happen to be a little bit further down the road. Like I've got to dabble into more things. I've learned more things. And now I get to come back and say, hey, guys, look, I see something really cool down the road that I found and works really well. You guys want to check it out? That's it. I mean, that's what a coach is, just someone who's a little bit further down the road and, and has more experience and has found some useful tools that can be used to help other people get down the road. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that's really the way that I view the the, the coaching scenario. Um and, you know, when it comes to physical fitness, so we have the physical body, we have the mental body, we have the energetic body, we have the emotional body, we have the spiritual body, right? The physical body is the easiest one that you can start to change and work with that gets you curious about, well, what would it, what would it look like to change the other four, right? So that's why I chose physical fitness because I started noticing that for myself when I started changing my own body like oh I got abs now whoa how did I do that right like I started seeing physical change tangible change in my body and I'm like well if I can change this why can't I just apply the same methods towards the mental body why can't I apply the same methods towards the energetic and the emotional and the spiritual because those are intangible right which is a little bit harder to wrap our heads around like well how can I change the intangible right um and I started noticing that physical fitness is a very powerful vehicle for change. Yeah. And I use that as the main tool. It makes sense, too. I don't know, I don't know who I was talking to last week. It might have been you uh, after our workout. It's like out of all the things, you know, uh, a lot of people, I don't even use the word struggle. They, they, they are challenged to submit to the process consistently, right? Mm. Um, because it's a lifelong journey and it ebbs and flows and you know there's you know just that's just the way that it is anyway it doesn't matter who who you are but um it is amazing that in two weeks 
you can change your body. Like you can start to change your body. I don't know anything else that in two weeks I can immediately see results. Like just from being in this work so long, I've come to a, a much bigger realization that the physical body is candidly easy comparatively to all the other links, you know, and you see it, which reinforces the process. The other stuff, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, we talk about unlearning a lot, you Mm -hmm. know, and a lot of stuff from, you know, childhood stuff that we, you know, go through and the emotional baggage and all this different stuff that you, you, we tend to uncover through a lot of the stuff that we do. That stuff's, you know, that takes longer than two weeks, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And there's something that I share a lot and sometimes it's triggering for people and that's okay. But there's something that I share about that particular journey and that particular change is that changing the body is pretty simple. Yeah. Becoming the person who does the things to create that change, that's the challenge. Yeah. Mm. And that's not physical fitness, Mm. that's identity. And that's why I started coupling physical fitness with NLP because it addressed the identity piece, right? Once you step into the identity of a person who works out five days a week, the identity of a person who eats only nutritious foods that enrich my body and are beneficial for my health, right? Step into the person who drinks a certain amount of water or takes a certain amount of supplements, right, to reach the optimal health. Once you step into that identity, it's really as familiar as brushing your teeth. Like I am a a person who identifies as someone who brushes my teeth every day. Cool. It's the same thing. It's just identity. It really is. It's like, it's simple, not easy, but it is simple. It's yeah, like, that's why I use simple, not easy. But simple is a great word. It's like, it's not a mystery. It's not a mystery. It's, it's, it's just, you know, there's some sort of it factor that, that, that's not connecting those two things. And it, and it truly is just about identity. We try to focus on the action instead of focus on the being, right? Like uh, becoming the person who does that instead of just doing the, you know, instead of just doing that thing, right? Yes, success is not a secret. It's a system, right? Success is a system. Once you know the system, once you know the rules to the game, then you just play by the rules. You just apply the system, and you lead. You you end up in the result that you're looking for, right? Absolutely. I heard something on a podcast. I think I might have shared with you guys this morning, but it was talking about the brain, and it was talking about how the brain is more wired for survival than it is for success, right? It's talking about spending time in survival rather than creation. And you mentioned unlearning and childhood and growing up, all these different phases and stories that we've experienced and I've experienced. Um, yeah, it is not a quick switch. You have to understand, like, oh, why does that bother me, certain behavior or whatever it may be. And I think that's been kind of the the really, really fun, unique part about this journey so far. And then also sometimes the frustrating part of the journey, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to look inward and you have to understand, you have to have patience. And one thing that you shared with me, and I, I'm, I'm sure you shared with these guys too, is that, you know, this journey, there's two sides of it. Um, it's not just commitment, but it's also grace. Mm-hmm. And having both of those wings on your plane allows you to continue down the path. So I thought that was wise if you can speak to that at all, because that really speaks to me on some days that I'm, committed it's all flowing and then some days when you don't want to get out of bed or you don't want to go to the workout or you have a bad response to something okay give yourself a little grace let's continue to stay on the path so. yeah you get to you get to surrender Ooh, trigger word you get to surrender to the journey right and this journey is a two-winged approach planes don't fly very well with one wing right? One of those wings is commitment, which is great. You got to commit to the process because it is a lifelong journey. It requires repetition. How do we create change? How do we transform? It's time plus reps equals transformation, Mm. right? So that's how we change. But the other side of the equation is grace and compassion, which is a light energy to flow through. If you start attaching shame and guilt to your journey, which is very it's like the heaviest energy you could adopt right you start attaching that to the journey that plane's going to crash it's going to weigh you down right so it is a it is very much a a two-winged approach and you get to surrender to what that path looks like right and it's something that i share a lot um that i learned from a mentor of mine is set your intention my intention is i want to i want to create this change i want to start moving towards my best and highest commit to that stay on the path because there's only one way that you don't get that change right. is if you stop. That's it. It's literally the only way. And then commit to that, but surrender to how it shows up. Mm. 
And again, that's a weird word for people because we're taught in our society that that's a bad word because we bottle all the definitions of surrender up in the same bucket, right? Or in the same bottle, but there's multiple definitions of it. Sure. There's the surrender where you're giving up, right? And that surrender is rooted in energy of shame and guilt and despair. But then there is the surrender of trust. Guys, we're surrendering all the time. We're surrendering right now. We're surrendering to the architect that built this building. We're surrendering to the floor underneath us. Every time we get on a plane, we're surrendering to the pilot. Every time we drive in a car, we're surrendering. We surrender all the time because surrender is directly aligned to trust. So you're trusting that all of those components, all of those people have your back. And we surrender all the time to humans so easily, but it's tough for us to surrender to the divine. It's interesting to hear you. So true. It's interesting, too, because back to your question, Taylor, you know, everything you look at, we're programmed to be in survival state all the time, right? You mentioned it a minute ago. You go, you walk into a normal gym and you see people just working out and then they leave and they're leaving in that heightened state of survival, right? Whether they know it or not. And, and probably 90, 90 plus percent or higher don't even realize that they're leaving in that state, right? What I think is crazy in a, in a great way and what we've learned and what we're learning on our journeys is the intention of that, that downregulation mm-hmm. and incorporating that into immediate, I mean, that's immediate change in your state, right? I, I, it, to me, I, I don't know how you'd go back to the other way, right? I mean, I don't know how you go back to the other way once you've been introduced to truly recognizing, not to mention everything in our society teaches us to be in survival mode, right? The sky is always falling for the most part if you're listening to anything, you know. Well, yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, it's, it's fascinating to me because survival is, is kind of what we pro- we're programmed for, Right. You know, we come in here, we talk about being addicted to our process and our, in our business, but you know, we're not surviving. We're just, we're amped up, but that state, that state that that puts you into, I'm, uh, yeah, they would, I, the phrase that comes to mind is emotional home. You ever heard like, you'll find a way to get to where you're most comfortable, your emotional home, right? So if you're, if you find yourself rooted in chaos, anger, doubt, worry, fear, regardless of the circumstances, you kind of find your mm-hmm. way to get with what's comfortable. Totally. And how I view this journey or the journey that people take is like deciding what emotions do you want to experience? What, you know, is it, you know, we talk about the, the energy and joy and, and those peace, stuff like that. Right. And then, and then try to define and work backwards on you know, how to build a life around experiencing those things rather than just, finding ways to experience everything you've learned for me for the last 34, 35 years is to say, well, my emotional home is probably something that, and it's different for every decade, right? Like I have an emotional home of fight and anger in one decade and then the next decade it's distraction and volatility. And then the other, you know, the next decade it's something different. Um, But being more conscious about what you want to create for me is, is somewhat of the game. Um, that I borrow from and kind of what I hear from you. Yeah, I guess kind of what, where I was going with that is if you're not in, if you're in the survival state, you have very little chance of getting into that creation mode is where I was kind of going with that. And that to me is the sad part about, I think, the programming that we're, we're, we're you know, yeah, we're, we're, a, that, we're, we're invited into really. Yeah, and I think that's so uh, keen with you know just connected with nlp like the physic the the physicality of it is so important right like it's one thing to say well i'll just you know i'll personally develop and then when i get in these states of regulation i can mentally move my way out of that into a different state there's a reason that we do the breath work and when you do the breath work it's a matter of i'm still agitated when i'm doing the breath work i'm still uh I'm still dwelling on whatever it is. I'm still engaged in this whatever's <clears throat> triggering me to be uh, a heightened, um, you know, f- physical, you know, state. But all of a sudden, after four, five, six breaths, you know, regardless of what my mental state is, the body just it 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 responds. It responds. It doesn't matter what's going on. There's there's certain physical tactical things that you can do 
to change your physiology regardless of what is happening in your life that immediately will will, will change your physiology. And if you can learn to manipulate and and and, and be in control, I don't want to use the word control, but manipulate or 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 influence your physiology, then you can immediately influence the way that you process different things, your emotions, your your men, your mental state, your energy, all that stuff. So, for me, it's always fun because I you know I can. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. Is I'm you know, I might my fists will be clenched, and after six breaths, I'm like, all right, cool. Well, now what was I upset about again? I don't really know. You know, it's it's re- interesting. I remember we did a a session together, and I was like, came in hot, and I was like, I'm pissed. And he's like, well, I, I don't even remember what you said. He's like, found out that I was just pissed off at being pissed off, and then I started getting mad that I was mad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, why am I mad? <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's the worst. You want to breathe? You want to get through this? And I'm thinking to myself, no, I don't want to breathe. I, I kind of want to feel this right now, you know? And we did the breath work. And it, and it was like you said, it was like you couldn't help but take that state and downregulate. And then it was like saw so clear, like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, so a couple things here to show up for me. Um, so let's talk about the physiological and biochemical aspect of this, right? So your the breath is your primary regulator or the primary regulator of your biochemistry. Also, the nerve receptors for your sympathetic nervous system are located in the upper respiratory area, and Mm. the nerve receptors for your parasympathetic nervous system are located in the lower respiratory area. A lot of times when we're in a state of survival, when we're scared, we're breathing how? We're breathing all upper respiratory. Have you ever seen someone that is scared? They're they're breathing like that, right? So you're activating all those upper respiratory receptors, which you have to, you need to. This is instinctual. We've been designed like this so that we can survive, right? So it basically presses the buttons for fight, flight, or flee. So when we're in this down-regulated state, when those parasympathetic nerve receptors are activated, when those buttons are pushed, now you're in relaxation, you're in creation, you're in reproduction, you're in digestion. This all makes sense, right? When you're running from a cannibal, it's not the time to digest a granola bar, right? Or paint a, a picture, right? It's just the two work on two different systems in the body. Um, and also, I want to address your point as well, Rod, and I want everyone to realize stress is not a bad thing. Stress is a survival mechanism. Acute stress is great. Acute stress is how you change. The trouble is once you slip into chronic stress, that's when all the weird shit starts happening, right? Now, here's the thing. All animals in nature experience stress, all of them. However, the human animal is the only one that can elicit a state of stress through thought alone. And there's been multiple studies on this, right? There's a famous one where they had... Uh, two groups. One was playing the piano, like actually hitting the keys. The other group was just thinking about playing the piano. And then there was a control group. And what they noticed is the group that was just thinking about hitting the keys and the ones that were actually hitting the the keys were lighting up the same exact parts of the brain. So the conclusion is, whether you're actually doing something or thinking about something, the brain is functioning the same way. We experience this all the time. If you think about something arousing, get aroused if you think about something you know that you want to eat you get hungry the juices start flowing the mouth starts salivating if you think about sucking on a lemon your mouth starts salivating right so something like that is you know not anything that's going to harm you but if you're constantly thinking about oh my god those bills i have to pay oh my god is my my wife my partner you know my husband are are they going to leave me am i going to lose my job and all of these things that by the way it's like circulating in our minds all the time that puts you in a, in a state of chronic stress because why? The body can't tell the difference between something that you're thinking about and something that you're experiencing. Unlike other animals that once the stressor is gone, they're just back doing their thing, right? A, a gazelle gets chased by a lion in the wild, gets chased for what, 90 seconds or whatever, and if it runs away, it's just back doing its gazelle thing. It doesn't go to the other gazelles and you know start talking about, oh my God, you're not going to believe what just happened. I just got chased <laughs> I just got chased by this lion. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, they're still talking about it. And a month later, a year later, so, oh my God, you know, a year ago, remember when that lion chased me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes you want to be an animal, man. I, I don't know about this human experience. You, you, you are an animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. That's, so, yeah. that's so, that's a great uh, depiction. Oh God. The yeah, gazelle, and, then, bro. and not only do you tell the story 
after it's over, but then you start giving it this meaning and these attachments Ooh, to what it means. Let's right? talk about that. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that. So it's what they call an alley-oop. Yeah, I love it. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I'll take and run with it. We are meaning making machines. Humans are meaning making machines. Every scenario, every experience that you're going through on your journey, you're attaching a meaning to it, right? So there's a story of two brothers that were looking at the ocean. One brother was a pro surfer, and the other one had had a near-death drowning experience, right? Both of them looking at the same exact ocean from the same exact vantage point. One was freaking out, anxious, scared to death. The other one, excited, ready to jump in, right? Same exact ocean, two different meanings. Now, which one was true? Which one was right? Both. Both of them. Because they are touching meaning from their model of reality, from their perspective, from their filtration system. Truth is subjective, right? Accuracy is not, but truth is subjective. So it's their, it's both their truths because of the experience that they've had. Because memory is a filter, right? Mm-hmm. So when we filter that ocean through the memory of either pro-surfing or almost dying, it's going to elicit a state of stress, which is going to force us to behave a certain way, and then that's our reality. It's the meaning we attach. You've told that story multiple times, and it's funny because the, the, every time I hear that... It's my breathe alarm, by the way. Is it really your breathe alarm? Yeah, because one of the things we did is we, I set two alarms throughout the work day. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, well, go, 11, ahead. 11, go ahead. 11.50 we'll and 2.40. We'll so. wait. Yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I need to do that. Every time I've heard that story multiple times, I always just, it, you know, I've heard it so many times from you, which is, it's so good because, you know, I, I think that's an important thing from a leadership standpoint because I think sometimes when you're leading people, uh, there's certain behaviors that you look at and it's easy to go, how in the hell did this situation elicit that behavior? Mm. And you really have to, you really have to, take a step back and make sure that you're doing your best to look through their lens. Part of that is understanding who they are, because if you don't understand who they are, that's very difficult to put on their lens um, because it's so easy to, to, to judge someone's, you know, how they do things or how they react to things or their actions based upon how you would react or how you would see things. Projection. And you're projecting, right? So you're projecting, you know, you're projecting. You lock it up. You, no, lock, you it lock it up. You lock it up. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it, you know, and, and you really have to do kind of, kind of self-reflection and say, okay, this person's not you. So therefore they're not going to react and take the same actions as you. And they have a different filtration system as you. They have a different truth than you. They have different memories. They have different experiences than you. So it's very important to, to, to realize that just because they don't behave the way that you would behave, that doesn't, you know, it's not right or wrong and indifferent. It's about meeting people where they are and understanding how to get them to where they want to go. So it's helped me a lot. Yeah. I mean, reality is created through the perception of our perspective, Right. So it's through the meaning that you're attaching to what you're looking at or what you're experiencing through the vantage point in which you're experiencing it, the perception of your perspective. And then that will equal your reality, how you react, how you behave, how you show up, which is directly linked to your reality, by the way. So is it fair to say that the, 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 the key to changing behavior is to changing the meaning behind the way that you view it? How do you change the meaning? It's a great question. How do we change the meaning, Mike? Filtration system. Internal representation, right? And before the... So, real quick, we have five tangible senses, and that's how we experience the world, okay? Through those five tangible senses, we get uh, sensory input of the world. Then that comes into our filtration system. It can either get deleted, distorted, or generalized, and then it goes through another series of filters, which include values, beliefs, memories, you know, location, time, so on and so forth. After that is filtered, that information, it creates our internal representation. That is our model of reality. That is how we view the world. It is unique to everyone, by the way. And there's no way that you can change someone else's model of reality, Mm -hmm. by the way. You can't forcefully change it. And then that model of reality combines with our physiology, how we carry ourselves, and that creates our state. And state is everything. Everything that we do is state-related, okay? And that state affects our behaviors, 
how we behave. Yep. And I think it's easy to conclude the way that you behave creates your results or creates your reality. Yep. That's yeah, that's great. And a lot of that stuff that we you know through NLP, that's what you're that's what we're learning, right? And that's what you that's what you're looking to you know understand, evaluate, rearrange, replace. And all of it seems to, to, to me, my, my perspective of that is just to, to continually um, anchor the meanings that serve you to the things that you want and to you know, unlearn some of those meanings that don't serve you. Um, mm-hmm. Some of those stories are limiting. Right. Some of the stories that we've been told and we've chosen to adopt, they're limiting. And... If you unlearn some of those stories and write a different one, you may be able to overcome some of those limitations. And then if you feel limitless, then what can you do? Then what can you create? Who can you be at that point? It's fun to find out. So it's, so, so it's like having a limitless pill. I was just going to say that. Yeah, what was that pill? <laughs> yeah, I've been taking that pill. I'm just saying. <laughs> Mike's got that pill. Right, right, right. It's a good movie, by the way. So let's switch gears here for a second. Yeah. So obviously this, this coaching experience has led, us to, led you to this point. And, uh, you know, uh, Freedom Builders is, uh, you know, not new, but it's a, uh, it's a manifestation, manifestation of everything that's happened uh, up until this point. And um, I know that uh, moving into the, uh, kind of the online training creation for different people that have gifts um, has been a huge focus for you over the last man couple years now. Um, you know, I think that just started with you building out your online program. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was that pre COVID. Was it pre COVID? Yeah, um, yeah, like a year before COVID hit. So a year was the successful one. I've had you know couples that weren't. <laughs> got I got to learn from. There you go. See, that's awesome. So you know, even pre-COVID, getting into the online training game and learning through, you know, hard knocks, right? Learning what doesn't work and what does work and uh, refining that. And how did that transition? Because now I think right now, and just for the listeners at home, um, if you're looking to do anything from an online training standpoint, um, as far as just teaching the world what you know, from a module standpoint, from um, training videos to curriculum, website development, anything that uh, social media presence, the way to, to, to get that story out. Mike has created an incredible team uh, of that. How many people are on your team? We're like 20 now. It's 20 people all focused on bringing to life whatever it is that you are gifted with and what you want to share with the world, which is this incredible new boom of like almost defragmenting the education uh, 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 video, like, you know, online education, instead of you, you used to have these three, four different places where you'd get all this stuff and have master classes. But now, you know, people that have just have these incredible experiences right in your local market, you know, have these amazing gifts and you're bringing that to life for people through, you know, your digital platforms that you've been able to create for people. So I think right now, how many build outs do you have going on at, at the moment currently? Yeah. Um, we're probably going like 13 right now God, at the same time. And you must have completed a bunch. Cause I think last time we spoke, you were at like 30 something build outs all at once. Yeah. We're, we're a little, we're like mid forties now. That's unbelievable. So, you know, walk, walk us through kind of how that looks as far as how you got into that. It sounds like you, and, and, and again, I'm probably butchering your story. So you fill in the gaps, but it sounds like you did it on your own for your own. So you could, mm-hmm. you know, multiply your time because you couldn't be everywhere at once. And you wanted to create this leverage point where you could train multiple people in different places all at once. And then did people show interest in saying, Hey, can you help me do that? And then it kind of moved from there or, or was it always something that says, all right, I'm on to something. I think I could scale this. Um, yeah. Um, well, really it was a little bit of both, right? So COVID hit, I had been in the online game for probably three years uh, once COVID hit and created a network and friendships with a lot of coaches, right? Just because I'm a coach myself. And a lot of those coaches were working in brick and mortar and then COVID hit and what happened? Brick and mortars couldn't operate. Right. So the coaches would reach out to me, um, some of them, not all of them, but they would reach out to me and be like, Hey man, you've been in the online game for a while. I've seen that you've had some success in the online game. Can, can you help me? Um, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Like everything's shutting down. So um, I started supporting them on how to create 
an online business from A to Z, not just the actual digital product, but I mean, everything, landing page, website, uh, funnels, email marketing, um, you know, social media presence, social media marketing, how to show up on social media, the language to use on sales call, like all the different things. So just wow. from A to Z, I helped them. And the first coach I helped made $10,000 in 90 days, which is more than he was making from his gym. And he's like, well, this is pretty dope. And then other, co- you know, he told other coaches and then it just kind of um, snowballed from there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's really where it started was just a servant's heart and wanting to support people. I didn't charge them, just helping them, you know, wow. uh, get through a, a tough time. And then eventually I turned it into a business and I started charging because that's how you grow a business is you bring in revenue. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's hard mm-hmm. to grow a business without revenue. Um, but, but yeah, so <clears throat> word of mouth has been our primary, uh, source of marketing, um, you know, our intention is to take any coaches, educators, creators. I mean, we've worked with, with teachers getting their stuff online. Uh, if anyone knows the, um, the teacher space, it's a tough space to be in right now. Right. And teachers are, are so, um, they have such a great genius and to get that out for them where they can, um, make a living online supporting students that way, right, uh, has been a really uh, powerful um, journey for them. We also worked with authors, right? Like how dope yeah. is it to, to write a book? And then, I mean, realistically, how many authors are going to get their books turned into movies, right? It's definitely not the majority. Um, but every author can absolutely turn their book into a visual experience of their book called an online program. Yeah. And now you have this really dope lead magnet into your book and this really dope lead magnet from the book into the digital product. And some of these digital products are, you know, a thousand, two thousand bucks. So it's such a cool way to promote both of them and then also make a living, create revenue, grow your business, impact more people, all the different things. Right. So cool. So so we, we mainly work with coaches, getting their uh, knowledge out to the world and building them a platform that they can share their genius through and, 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 and help them market that so that they can make a living and create revenue through it. But yeah, we do everything from, from A to Z. We only work within um, a platform called Kajabi, which is an all-in-one platform, and it houses your entire online business. It's the best out there. And we'll build everything, website, landing page, funnels, email marketing, all the things. And what I love about this is just, you know, and what's interesting and important for, if you're listening to this, you may have something that you're good at. You maybe have a craft mm-hmm. that you've gone through and you've worked with. You say, man, you know, I should write a book or I should do this. And it's one of those things where it's like, you can, you know, it's, it's, yeah. there's, so, it doesn't have to be a, phys- you don't have to be like a, a fitness coach or some sort of coach for anything else. You could be somebody who's just done the thing. And you have experience and knowledge and skill sets that can help other people, you know, fast track. I heard somebody say a long time ago, I used to put in the work, you know, I used to have to just outwork everybody because, you know, that's all I had, you know, was time. And later in my career, I realized that time is what I want back. So I'd rather pay for that. And I can, you know, I can, I can get my time back. You know, it's like, you're looking, there's enough people out there that are looking to say, how do you do this in every niche? In totally. every trade, in 100%. everything, every skill set, every uh, creative thing, there's people who go, how, how, how does this, you know, how does it look? And, you know, being an expert doesn't have to be, you know, you're, you're trending on Twitter and you're a top 20 celebrity on what you're doing. It right. could be just that you're very, you've had a great experience and a, and a good career in something or, or you know, you're a, a woodworker and you loved it and you've been doing it for 10 years and yeah. you have a way to share that with the world and monetize it. And I love even looking at your suite of who you help. There's such a variation and difference between you know, those people and their crafts that, it, you know, it may have started in fitness, but now it's expanded into all these different things where people are able to have a platform to share their gifts with the world. And not just that, but also businesses like corporations. If you want to build a world-class training system where all, say you have locations all over the country, all over the world, right? And you want everyone on one page, everyone in a, in a cohesive state of mind where there's consistency with values, with mission, with information that's going out. You could totally build an online platform with slide presentations and videos and all the different things where now everyone is learning the same way. And you can add modules to, I mean, there's, I mean, I could sit here for hours talking about all the possibilities. Amazing. But think about how how everyone is now on the same page because of this really dope training system that they have access to. By the way, there's an app too. So all the training stuff is on their phone. They can literally listen to the videos while they're driving or jogging or whatever. It's amazing. We've, and we've had the conversations with us. We're building out um, what's called Urban Young University. 
university and we're in the early stages of that, but we've layered on multiple different things and we've talked about doing stuff, stuff together to take all these different things that are fragmented and putting them all vertically integrated. So there's one system to, to take all that information and uh, it help you scale, right? Help you multiply totally. your time, It'll help you have consistency. So you can't scale without it. No. If you're an online coach trying to get into the game and you're still doing everything manually or you're sending things out, you know, um, you know, email or, or Google Docs or something like that, whatever it is, right? Uh, and then you're still taking one-on-one calls. It's very difficult to scale a business that way. That's great. So let me, so, let me oh, go ahead. Well, I, I want to follow up to that because I, you just mentioned Urban Young University as a platform for Urban Young team members to grow. So just, I want to use that as a segue. For the listener that's maybe not in the scale of business game, but they're in, they're intrigued by what you've shared so far. Two individuals that are, Maybe not where they want to be. One is curious about what personal growth means and what it would mean to them. One maybe still thinks it's a little corny. Would you speak to them differently? And if you would, what would you say to them? What would you say to the listener that says, man, I'm hungry for some personal development, I think. Mm -hmm. But maybe not because it's kind of weird or it's kind of, you know, I don't know a lot about it. So people think it's weird versus the person that isn't where they want to be. And, and shut off to the conversation. What would, you, what would you say to that listener? Yeah, I mean, I'd ask him a question, and I'd say, you know, what is showing up in your life that's making you choose to think this path is weird? And then they can share why they've adopted that particular belief system around it, and then we can, you know, riff from there. But here's the thing. You can't change anyone. It's not happening. Sorry. You can't change anyone. All you can do is be the change. And I know that that gets a little corny sometimes, but it's so accurate. The way you change other people is by starting with changing yourself because the world without is a reflection of the world within, period. And if we're talking about the micro and the macro, if you want to change a company, charge start with each individual in that company because the micro affects the macro, right? So as each individual person goes on a journey and begins to change, now all of a sudden the entire thing, the entire company, the entire organism begins to change. We can expand that out to the organism that is called humanity. As each individual human, each cell in the organism of humanity, which is a human, begins to change, then the organism as a whole begins to change. So it starts with the individual change. And then other people are like, oh, what are you doing? That's kind of cool. You're different. Why are you different? What's going on, right? I want I want a little piece of that. It goes back to energy. Then they get curious. So I would ask for permission if they wanted to have that conversation. You do a really good job of uh, asking questions. That's what I've noticed during our time together. I think that's such a perfect answer. Of what would you say to that person? And you would say, I would ask a question. I think that's... Taking and, notes. I, and, I, and I just, I just think to myself, people that are, that are, that know of personal development, but they don't necessarily know how they participate. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm just, I think about that person and it's like, you know, how do you introduce them without it? You know, I think for me, somebody, you mentioned the person that thinks it's a little bit cheesy and then the person that's all in, I, I'm, I've been both of those people throughout my journey. So I think there's a, Maybe the, the the terminology, it's kind of like when people use the word culture over and over again, it like becomes this buzzword, like personal development. And I just view it as a, it's a self-awareness. It's a, an understanding of, you know, why you believe the things you believe, why you behave the way you are, and then finding tools to seek out, you know, what you do desire, the, the life you do design and personal development is that journey. So I know for me, it was always, I think, a misconception of like what that means, right? It's like, is there an agenda behind it? You know, it's just it, it, when in reality, it's like for me, it's just self-awareness and just committing to a process that just is like rinsing, repeating awareness, 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 awareness. But yeah, I think it's just learning, man. Like you would never get into a business or a trade or a practice and not continually educate yourself on that space. You know, so it's like you call it education. It's like if you think that you're going to be. I don't know, you talked about teachers. If you think you're going to be a teacher and never pick up a book about how to engage students on their level and, 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 and be a better teacher, how can you possibly think the, the human mind and body and your, you know, your vehicle that you operate every day is one of the most intricate 
incredible machines that's ever been created period so it's like it's completely intricate you'll never know everything about it there's still stuff that we don't even understand and how do you how do you how do you go to bed at night not wanting to learn more on how to get the most out of that you know i think when that light bulb goes off you'll it's just education you just want to know how to be better you know like so um but i I get that i understand that i just think it's a good word use these words it's like what is personal it's just education on you know and learning you know it's just like you know I i was sitting with carter the other day my son and he walks into the room and he looks up at the books. He goes, dad, have you read all those books? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, no, I've read a lot of them, but I haven't read all of them. He's like, gosh, that's so, there's so many books up there. And, you know, we had a conversation about like, there's just an unlimited, incredible amount of information that's out there to make you superhuman. And I think you get to the point where at some point it's not, what do I read or what do I look into? It's like, oh my gosh, like, I can't consume enough because this just, there's just so much unbelievable information out there for, for you to learn. So, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Rod. It's like, how do you introduce? I think, man, I don't know. That's a tough question because it's. Yeah, and I, I know it can be deep and I know it can be different for different people. I just didn't know if you had a strong perspective on it. I mean, it, for us, we were hungry, right? We've always been hungry. As long as we've been friends and partners and, and, you know, close, we've, we've had that hunger. So for us, meeting you felt fluid it felt normal it felt you know it's and and it's given us deeper degrees of peace it's given us deeper understanding of creation and it's given us it's given us so much Mm -hmm. and i just see the person that i don't know if this is fair but you can tell that they're just missing something yeah so i have more clarity around your your question now so what i would say to that is i would ask them are there any areas of your life that you notice are not serving you are there any areas there of your life that you notice, you know, aren't moving you in a direction that is creating the life of your dreams? And if they answer no, cool, keep doing what you're doing. Right. And if they answer, there you go. If they answer, well, yeah, you know, my relationships, like, you know, I don't have the connection with my partner that I want, and you know, or my job, it's like I feel like I'm gonna lose my job, and you know, my boss keeps telling me that I'm like not performing, and you know, or my physical fitness i just don't feel comfortable with my skin i don't have the energy to play with my kids like you know if that's the conversation then there's definitely some tools that we can learn about that are going to help with those areas of life and to answer your question about personal development i'm like to me it's like food it's like asking me what do you eat i mean because you know it's part of the journey it's part of growth and the brain is not stuck guys the brain is not stuck right people talk about fire and wire but it's actually a little more fluid than that it's more of an ecosystem the brain is malleable you can change all the time anytime you want it's this beautiful ocean of jellyfish and fish and all these things that are just floating around that you can totally change anytime you want you can move the fish from here to there and then that changes everything in your world you're not stuck you're not a robot you are a human being that is made of energy and is made of light and is made of spirit and has the ability to connect to something so much deeper and so much, you know, more enriching and higher than what you know. And it's your choice. You don't have to if you don't want to, but you get to give yourself permission to if that's something that you're curious about. Yeah, that's so good. I like that. I, and I also like the story of the uh, the lighthouse too. Comes to mind is right. Share that story and analogy that I think you've shared with us before. But talking about how you affect change is, you know, it's be the change, right? Like something about that rod cat. I don't know, man. It's just something about him, right? And you get curious. And I said, rod, what are you doing, man? Are you boom. That's you it. You know, right? And so anyway, that's what I think about. It's just be the lighthouse. That's yeah, great. and that's yeah. Some, something that I learned from a mentor of mine is you know people gravitate towards the light. But no one likes a flashlight in their face. There you go. Yeah, you could say that again. Say it louder. <laughs> it's like the breakup. You know what I'm talking about? Say it louder. I don't want you to do it. Say it louder. This is good. Actually, go home to the hotel and make a couple calls. Yeah, you guys. If you don't know that movie, you're like, what is he talking about? That's funny. Yeah, and and you know, I think a lot of people people are engaged in personal development. They don't even know it. You know, like I'm just thinking back. I'm like I'm reading a book on taxes on personal taxes. 
you know, I'm reading, a, you know, then you read like the five love languages that everybody's heard of that, right. For your relationship. And then, you know, what was that book you read on running barefoot running, you know, like, you know, uh, um, something like a leopard. Is that a different book? No, becoming a supple leopard was a great book. And there then, uh, uh, oh man, it was the ultra marathoners born to run. So there born you go. So like yeah. all that people are like, Oh yeah, I read this cool book is great. Or they read a biography of, of Tom Brady or they, you know, it's like all that's personal development. It's just, interest you're learning through stories and people's experiences and you know what made them uh top performers and you know so i think a lot of times uh it's a lot more uh it's it's more simple how about that simple than 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 what we give it credit if you allow it to be simple yes there you go very simple well there's my meaning i'm attaching to it right there there you go (laughs) (laughs) there you go well man um mike thank you for being on the show dude it's been a long time coming. Uh, just from all of us, thank you for the the, the, the energy you pour into us mm-hmm. um, and for showing up every day and giving us, uh, you know, just such, uh, get, you know, all of you. And, you know, sometimes uh, I forget that you have your own experiences and you're on your own deal and you've got your own. But, you know, when you when you show up for us, it's just you're 100% dedicated to the people that you're serving. Um, and I think that's one of your superpowers, man. Um, you, you have so much, uh, you have so many character, um, attributes that I want to have. And I just know just by being in your, you know, in your, your presence makes me better just, just from who you are. So, and that could be just sitting in space with me, asking a question and letting Mm -hmm. me figure it out. And, uh, yeah, what was the quote this morning? Uh, I know it. I I went home and talked to Susan about our way. Between stimulus and response, there is space. And our reaction to the space is, is where our power lies. And what we choose to, how we choose to view that space, what we choose to do in that space affects the response, where it either empowers you or it puts you in a situation where you're living as a victim. Mm. And that's my words, but. Dude, beautifully put, man. Space. Frankel. Thanks for holding <laughs> space. Victor Frankel slash Robert. Rod Herb. <laughs> Paraphrase. Yeah, thanks for holding space. Well, Mike, how can people uh, find you? Yeah, freedombuilders.com. It's builders with uh, a Z at the end, but uh, that's the easiest way. I'm on IG. I'm on the IG too. Um, Mike G Coaching, if you want to check me out there. Cool. Yeah, Come hang out with me. That's great, man. Well, Mike's super uh, uh uh, active on all the social media. That's how a lot of us got connected with him. So if you want some free information, a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, that's a great place to get it. Um, but slide into his DM. If you just want a fucking quality human, man, I mean, forget the free information. You just want to associate with a quality, quality human. That's uh, it's something you definitely should be looking into. Amen to that. I, I think real quick, you give way more than you get. I think that's my biggest compliment to you is, is, uh, and I, I too want to envy that. That's great. Love you guys. Well, guys, thanks for showing up. And remember, life is meant to be extraordinary.